Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome into the Triple Option. Paul Catalina, Royden Ogletree with you here. It is spelled right. Yes, it is. I'm glad, I'm glad that it is. And <laughs> Royden, uh, we have uh, an unbelievable slate of games this week. Last yes. week, turned out to have some really good games, but they weren't top 25 matchups. You know, some near upsets, some big-time upsets, and then others that, you know, just turned out to be good games, like Colorado and Colorado State. Was I was going to say, really like Kansas game. State, Missouri would disagree with you about, yeah. Like, yeah, not good games. But, but I mean, as far as going Ohio, into the week. Ohio State, baby. Yeah, like that was the, the slate of games we had going in. Sometimes you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, right? Yeah. And you're going to get good games either way. But there were a lot of, you know, top 10 ranked teams versus one of the nobodies on their schedule games going around this week. It's not the case. Look, Florida State, we'll start with them because they're at 11 o'clock in the morning and no other reason. Um, <laughs> but the, look, everything about their their comeback to national prominence hinges on this game. If Mike Norvell cannot beat Clemson, and this Clemson team in particular, then it's another, like, not to say that they won't come back and win the ACC somehow, but if they lose this game to Clemson, again, then all of this has been smoke and mirrors. Well, what's the what's been the record for that? I mean, as I think a they're State plan, like, like, oh, for the last six or seven really against them. Yeah, I think the last time the they won the first time that Clemson has been unranked playing this game in like the last in the. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, Florida State had its struggles with Boston College. Um, Look, th- there's two things that game could be looking ahead to Clemson, and it got to be a trap game, or it's who they really are. So they have to prove that that was a trap game, that they escaped and beat Clemson, or it's all for not. Bottom line. Clemson now unranked, uh, falling out after, you know, wins against Charleston, you know, a lot the bad loss against Duke, wins against Charleston Southern, and wins against FAU. Their offense has, quote-unquote, figured it out. 48 points, 66 points against Charleston, whatever that is. I think Kate Klubnick is going to have a little bit harder time throwing the ball around against Florida State, you would hope. But, yeah, I, I didn't see much in the way of that Boston College game that, like, gave me a, a huge hope for Florida State. I don't know. I think it may be a little bit closer than what I'm anticipating, but also I could, I could just see a world where Clemson is bad. Yeah, look, they, I, you know, I, I don't know. I think I think FSU is putting. I mean, they're they're honestly. They, and look, most of the times I say don't put all your eggs in one basket, but yeah. this is the basket. Like beating Clemson is the goal. Look, then you can move. Like once they get past this, then you can put every other thing individually. 
But yeah, this coming is down, Clemson, then Virginia Tech, Syracuse, and then the the next ranked game is Duke. Yeah, technically, unless if Duke continues to stay ranked, but look to to be the best, you have to beat the best, and not for nothing, Clemson has been the best. Yes, this I, is, I, it, yeah. So as this a Florida is it. State alum, like this is it. Like is there are a lot of anxiety riding. Yeah, with, absolutely, within the fan base? absolutely. You got to get this one. You've got to slay this dragon that you haven't been able to in seven, eight years, whatever it's been since the last time uh, they beat. I think they haven't beaten them since Jameis left. So really, yeah. So it's been it's been a while. Um, you know, looking around, like you know, like there's some games unranked that are going to be interesting to me. Auburn versus Texas A&M to right. me, I think is is pretty interesting because it'll show you how quickly Hugh Freeze has adjusted things, and Auburn has not looked like a Hugh Freeze coach team yet because again, it's his first year, mm-hmm. uh, and this is the first SEC game for A&M now, uh, and let's see how they how that Bobby Petrino offense uh, operates in the SEC. I, Auburn. It is playing better than I thought they were going to under, you know, a, the first year head coach and having to do the turnaround from mm-hmm. the complete mess that they were the past few years mm-hmm. where they just look kind of like a fake team. <laughs> they just yeah. like they were just running out there and it, even given the talent that they can recruit, A&M, granted I didn't watch this past weekend's game, but uh, stumbled a little bit a couple weeks ago. I don't know. Like I don't know what to put my how to put my finger on AM. They looked better. They look like they actually know how to like have the, some well, semblance of an offense now. But they're better on offense and worse on defense. Yeah. So they fixed one thing. I also don't know how at, to like how to judge Miami at this at point expense, either. I so, would tell yeah. you Miami's pretty good. Yeah. They've got fast. They're they're pretty good. Um and all right, so now we get into like the real meat of things. Oregon and Colorado, which will obviously be the most hyped game of the week. What? Why? And <laughs> and this is Deion Sanders' first major test. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I would call it the major, but like this is the major opponent. Um, and I'm not like I'm not trying to take TCU out of that, but the TCU team that he was playing was not the Max Duggan team. It was a different team altogether. So preseason rankings are fake and made up. Yeah. So. But this on the road in conference, so I'll call it a second major test. TCU was the first one, but this is this one ratchets up because he was playing Chandler Morris that first time, and now he's playing Bo Nix. And Who has so, all of a sudden turned into a real quarterback? Well, yeah. After like eight years in college, yeah. He, Bo Nix is good, man. We're going to talk about the Pac-12 quarterbacks in like in the next segment. Um, who all of a sudden just have 18 guys with 1,000 yards and 12 yeah. touchdowns, it seems like. Yep. But Bo Nix, I mean, the Heisman campaign started early for him when they were putting his, his – uh, On a building. Yeah, putting his whole, his whole – I was going to say visage on, on, a, yeah. on, a, on a building. But, like, he, uh, he looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, can Colorado run the ball? That's the question. They're going to have to. Against I don't know if they Oregon. can actually. They're going to have to. They have yeah. the, the, the Edwards has 136 yards on on 25 carries and a touchdown. Shadur Sanders, for as awesome as he is, and he had to be in that game against Colorado State. Uh, he's like he's he's all of their offense. Basically. Well, look, and he's not trying to run the ball. No. He can. I mean, he's shown that he could, like... He might have to. Yeah, but he might have to. That's going to be the interesting thing here. And the high train's going to roll into Oregon, and we'll see. Um, but 
I, I do wonder, like, what the slide is going to be. Is going to be Dan Lanning's comment about Colorado leaving for the Big 12. When was the last time that like, they ten, – Ten days later, his team left too. <laughs> you know. Dan Lanning, and I uh, I think it was Shahan on Twitter that, that said this. He's the only one that uh, actually slided Deion Sanders mm-hmm. – more or less, I think. I think. Yeah. I think predictions versus actual slight yeah. have kind of gotten muddied down. I don't want. Yeah. I don't want to be the one that yeah. gets into the wades into those waters. But I think like Dan Lanning literally came out and said like, "What has Colorado, Colorado ever done for the Pac-12?" Yeah, and was like an actual slight. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, he's not wrong. No. Had nothing to do with Dion. Dion wasn't there when all that stuff was going on. No, exactly. Yeah. I just, I think that. This could be another, for lack of a better term, slobber knocker that's going to like play mm-hmm. out in, in Eugene. Yeah. And I just think I'm ready for the fireworks because I have not had a game experience like Colorado, Colorado State, where I was up till 2 in the morning watching mm-hmm. that game and just invigorated by it, like vibrating in my, yeah. in my chair. I was like, what is this? So hopefully if they can just reproduce that kind, I'm in for whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, UCLA against Utah uh, is a really good game. I think – are we going to see Cam Rising this week? Do we believe we're going to see Cam Rising? Is this where you make the your thing debut? The is the coach will just lie to you. He doesn't yeah. care. So, yeah, he doesn't care. And he's trying to make the team prepare for Cam Rising and not the other quarterbacks that he Johnson, has. Johnson, I think, is probably the yeah, best but, bet. Uh, look, you have Johnson, who would be the backup, and then you have a, a true freshman, D.J. Moore. Mm-hmm. At UCLA, who's who's played well, but first real test for for the Bruins so far this year, uh, and Utah has already played. Um, you know, Florida, who just had a big win, they played on the road at Baylor, which was turned out to be a test, uh, a game that came right down to the very, very, very end of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though Baylor's had their struggles, so. If Cam Rising is ready to be back with his big, gigantic robot knee brace, we'll see how that goes. First game out against a good team, that one's really good. Well, uh, I think just a quick point about that game. That defense is for real, and it's yeah, kind of gross how awesome they are, mm-hmm. especially their their front seven is, is really, really good. But I think, like, Cam Rising changes the ceiling of that te- or mm-hmm. even raises the floor of that team mm-hmm. exponentially. Yeah, UCLA – like you said, they played San Diego State, NC Central, but they had a little struggle with Coastal Carolina in the first week. I'm interested to see, like, can Chip Kelly, like, rise to the occasion of that? Like, it wins yeah. the last huge game mm-hmm. Chip Kelly has coached. But I think, yeah, if Cam Rising plays, that changes the trajectory of that. It's not that deep to say, yeah. but I think, yeah. One we'll talk about in the third segment because of of some – extracurriculars from Lane Kiffin, <laughs> but Ole Miss and Alabama, this is the first of where of games of, of six or seven in a row where Alabama will not have definitively the best quarterback on the field. And I'm going to go down the list and like some of these might be splitting hairs a little bit, but they play Ole Miss who has Jackson Dart, right? who I would take over any of the quarterbacks on Alabama's roster right now. Then they play Mississippi State, who has Will Rogers, who even though he got worked last week by LSU, I still would take over any of the quarterbacks I still right think Will now. Rogers is awesome. Yeah. Okay. I like <laughs> uh, he, well, he's look, gonna throw for eighteen thousand yards. All right, right, right. Let's just take a survey in the room. There's three other guys over there right now. Will Rogers over everybody on Alabama's roster, quarterback wise, right now, ready to play. Not about what's gonna be the future, but Will Rogers over all three of them. 
You You're saying Melrose? Okay. You don't believe that. Okay. No, no. Okay. I'll, I'll take, like, that one's debatable. I do think Alabama's receiver is Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Connor Wigman over anybody on the roster right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, KJ Jefferson over anybody in the Alabama roster right now. It's just a bigger mill roll. Yeah. But more experienced and do that. Like, all right. Joe Milton. Over anybody in the Alabama roster right now? Yeah, I mean, yeah, who's, all right. who's to say? Jaden Daniels over anybody on yeah, the Alabama sure. roster right now. And then Devin Leary, who I'm surprised yeah. is not the one that they went and got. Because that, like, to me, he's a saving quarterback if there ever was one. But, you know, so I don't know. I mean, like, so they're about to go against a run where we can have debates. We're used to. I could only like maybe one of those with Bryce Young or Tua yeah, or whoever, say, past, especially over the past like yeah five six years where that you know now those guys are playing the in the NFL. But I like we talked about last week. I, it is so crazy that and I looked it up. They only got five transfers into into Alabama yeah. this past year. One of them was that quarterback was Tyler Buckner. Yeah, who. He ain't the answer, but like I, Milrose supposed to start this week. There's so much promise with that guy. Like I hate to be down on him, and he looks like the most athletic quarterback they've maybe ever had. I, I, it just is so. It needs to be so much better than than what it currently what is currently on yeah. film. So it's that's not that, not that deep to say, but I'm just like yeah. Now would it surprise me to see Alabama figure it out? No, no but, yeah. but right now, Ole Miss might be better. Than well, again, they are. I will, I will, I will bury Nick Saban. Like when I see it, when I'm at the funeral, you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly, exactly. No, but again, right now, like in the present, like not what Alabama is going to be later on. Yeah, what they can figure out through this. Right now, they're in a world of hurt, and they don't know. They don't know what they can do on offense. They have no idea. I kind of want to. I kind of want to save it for. For later, what yeah. what this actually what they're actually doing, yeah. and what the mind games that Lane Kiffin is quote unquote playing, but, but you gotta do everything you can. Um, best game of the week, honestly, might be Oregon State and Washington State. Um, the battle of the leftovers, the left behinds. I'm glad this is playing in prime time. Yeah, because this used to be a game. This would be a game that you would come from all the other games and be like, "Oh, sick! Oregon State <laughs> and Washington State is still yeah. on right now." Yeah. It goes until like one in the morning. They're just running over each other. But like Uli Angolale is I think he kind of figured it out. Well, he left a place that wasn't letting him do what he yeah. was good at. Right. That's that's fair too. But Cameron Ward is awesome. Mm -hmm. And he's been awesome for them, just quietly been awesome for Washington State. Now they haven't been as like great since you know recipes mike leach left but like i right now i mean what they right need to wisconsin right now they're really really good yeah. I, and they've kind of rebounded since he's left but like cameron ward coming from like uiw i think mm -hmm. incarnate word yep he's awesome if you haven't ever seen him play he's their leading rusher and leading passer right now yeah he's 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 really good i think the heisman hype should if they keep winning, give it to him because it's it's really he's really spectacular to watch. The, the only thing that's different about him and Bo Nix is Bo Nix is in um, you Nike know, Country, at Nike Country, and he's in Pullman and Cameron Ward's in Pullman, Washington. Yeah, three you and know. O versus three and O. 
Yeah, I, I well, really, with, I really with something it. to prove to the whole world. Yeah, you know, like both these teams are going to be like that. I don't want like I would not want to draw them at any point during the schedule just because they have this extra motivation from being left behind. Everyone's playing with their hair on fire too. Yeah, exactly. It seems like everyone on Oregon. Well, the whole Pac-12 is is really good. So yeah, I, I when I've watched Oregon State so far this year, it seems like they're flying around. I haven't, or uh, yeah, I haven't watched much of Washington State, but I just know that Cameron Ward can sling it. I just, it, it is so crazy that this is the position that we're in that these two teams are now going to have to murder each other on mm. like a blood sacrifice for for a spot in the Big Ten or whatever. All right, but I don't yeah. know. Two two uh, games related to the Big Ten. One is not a total Big Ten game, but uh, Penn State and Iowa. Iowa scored forty one points last week, which yeah. had to be. Uh, look, I know that they weren't playing the best team on their schedule, but if you're an Iowa fan and you know that they can actually score 41, it doesn't matter who they're playing, that it can actually happen has to make you feel better. Oh, man. That you, like, it is possible for them to score that many points. That's a cup of water in, in the one desert. game and not three games <laughs> combined. Like, Got that it. has to make you feel a little bit better. Cup of water in the desert tastes like a scotch whiskey, I tell you what. Yeah, exactly. And and you got look, Penn State I think is really good and this might be one of the better teams that James Franklin has had. Yeah. Um and I will tie that into the next game we we talk about next because the next game might be kind of a flip uh of who might be nationally relevant uh this year. But Penn State and Iowa will be a, this is the first real Real test for Penn State. No offense, West Virginia, but you weren't. Uh, this one's going to be interesting because you know it's going to be, you know, kind of a bare knuckle brawl, defense versus defense. But you know, is Cade McNamara the transfer and experience better, and and what the Iowa has an offense, or is it the playmakers like Singleton, Drew Aller, and the people they have over in Penn State that makes the difference in this game? Allen, their running back, is really good. I, McNamara, four touchdowns to three to three picks. Yeah. You know. I, I, I will I will trust a, a Ferentz offense. <laughs> Never. Yeah. Maybe. I, I just like it's it's so bad to watch, man. And I get it, yeah, they scored forty one points. They're trying more things now. It's just when you wake up and you know it every single time, you wake up, it's an eleven o'clock game, it's bleak in the fall, it's just gray. Over Iowa, you can picture it in your mind now. This is Big Ten football, and it's just they're murdering each other on three-yard runs. I, th- I kind of think that that Penn State bowls over them. Honestly, if I had to make a prediction, I don't even know what the what the line would be. It's yeah, Penn State fourteen and a half at yeah. home. I'll, I, I'll ta- I'd, I'd take that, but it, yeah, it'd be tough to like cover that. But I just think that like they have too many they have too many dogs. Granted, it seems that all of Iowa's defensive players just get selected in like the first and second round of the yeah. NFL draft, but I don't I don't think they have enough weapons to 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 keep up with Penn State. Now I'm probably going to be wrong, yeah. but anyway. And, and we'll end this discussion with Ohio State at Notre Dame. Ohio State um, surprisingly under Brian Hartline so far early in the season, and his new quarterback Kyle McCord, who will be the starter for the rest of the year. A little bit pedestrian on offense. and yeah, Except for they scored, what, 80 points against Western Kentucky last week? Yeah, but let's throw, like, you know. And, look, that's fine. Throw it out the but window. But I'm going to throw that one, like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to – there's a lot you throw out the window. Like, if we have to throw Clemson's too good offensive performance out the window, we have to throw 
that one in the same in the same logic. So let's throw out the the guarantee game, the the, the paycheck game out, yeah, and see what they've done in the non paycheck games. And they struggle they struggled against Indiana early in the year to to put points on the board. So thirty five only against Youngstown State. Yeah. So I would say I say it's pedestrian by Ohio State standards. We'll say let's say that because this has been Ryan Day's an offensive guy. Brian Hartline will be a head coach next year. I promise you that somewhere. Um, Maybe even Michigan State um, that might try and go get him, um, but Brian Hartline, exciting recruiter, all that, uh, everything you, you've seen. But Notre Dame in this game, actually for the first time in a very long time, has the advantage of quarterback. In that Sam Hartman's the better quarterback in this game right now. Um, he, he looks is, good, man. He's look, he's a really, really good player. Like people around the country may not know a lot about Sam Hartman before he showed up at Notre Dame because he was just the most ridiculously talented player on a Wake Forest team that was really good. But people may be, oh, well, Wake Forest, eh, you know. But he's also like 35, so there's that too. (laughs) But Sam Hartman, and here's where Sam Hartman differs from like some of the other elite quarterbacks in the country. Sam Hartman will have some games where he throws four touchdown passes and does all that. But the thing that he does is in close games, he's just remarkably efficient. So those things where we need, like, oh, as long as we get a stop, as long as we get a stop, we can get Wake Forest off the field, then we're going to get the ball back. And then he'll be like, oh, I just need to get one first down. Just one, not three, just one, and I win this game. Oh, I'll get that. Done. And then it's over. He's he's remarkably cool under pressure and – I'm a like I'm a big fan of his. Just watch it like over the years as a, an ACC observer about how this guy is surgical and efficient, and maybe not like over the like he's not Caleb Williams level spectacular, but just gets the job done. Well, I mean, last year, 63% of his passes he did have 12 12 picks. Mm-hmm. Year before that, he's kind of been like a 55 to 58% passer mm-hmm. across his. Yeah, five years at Wake Forest, yeah, and then a six-year now. But, like, no turnovers, 13 touchdowns, already 1,000 yards. Granted, they played Navy and so on and so forth. But he just looks like whatever he's melding with the – this is the most efficient that, like, a Notre Dame offense has looked. Yeah, absolutely. In a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And for a defensive head coach, it it just looks really good. Now, I heard a stat today that it was – that it's like Notre Dame is four and nineteen since like nineteen ninety four. Not I'm gonna get this wrong. Since like nineteen ninety four in top ten matchups. Yeah. So take that for what it's worth. Yeah. But I don't know. the The money's kind of riding on Ohio State because of that right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they do have the they do have the quarterback win, which is something that you cannot say. Ever, maybe. So it's weird. So, like, you look at the skill positions. Notre Dame's relying on a lot of really young guys, true freshmen, to to make big plays for them. Guy from Austin, Westlake? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So they've got all those. And then you look across the way, and you've got Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't have to list the others that are all really good. (laughs) They have Marvin Harrison Jr., and he's he, the, is, he was the most wide open that I've ever seen a wide receiver be against Western Kentucky ever. It's just like they forgot about him. Or, like, they – it made it look like they forgot about him, but my just ran past my him. thing was like he was like, look, I'm such a better athlete than you guys. Yeah. I'm gonna make it look like you forgot about me or you quit trying when you're trying your hardest, which is that more demoralizing. 
you know, go back over the sideline and what happened? He'd be like, Coach, he is so good. <laughs> He's just so he's fastest, good. He's the fastest man I've ever seen in my entire life. I, um, I'm so mad, by the way. This is a complete aside that I have to, like, the Texans traded away their first round pick. And so now they just don't have to, they can't get Marvin Harrison with CJ Stroud again. That's yeah. completely. That's yeah. Anyway. Well, may, maybe. I mean, he, if he goes yeah, down. The, yeah, if the Browns. If he goes, falls down to that pick. But, yeah, sure. Or if the Browns really stink, but it doesn't, I think that they've proven they're going to be exactly in the middle. Yeah. But I, uh, so on that, um, I will say this about Marvin Harrison. I'll give you just a, a story. I, my team played Edron James in high school. He went to Immokalee High School. Oh, I bet that went well. Um, actually, we did okay against him when we, like, the varsity, like, beat him in the regular season. But the it was my sophomore year. We played – they play spring jamborees in Florida, which you play, like, one half against one team and one half against another team. Hmm. All at one spot. And it's fun. It's okay. fine. Um, coaches get really you joyful look. when you're uh, when you're playing Edgerton James. It's not yeah. so like I never played against him in a real game that mattered. Yeah, because he was far enough ahead of me that I was like an, a rising sophomore in the spring, and he was a rising senior. But I was in there, and uh, he ran through me one time, and it hurt so bad. And then he ran around the end, and we had a pretty good linebacker. And ran around the end and scored a touchdown and came over the sideline. And uh, I wasn't in at this point. I was just standing right there next to the coach. I was scared. And I, no, it was funny. The coach goes to our, our linebacker, goes, look, you got to like trying to tell him, like, look, when he takes that corner, you got to go. And he just yells out, F, he's good, coach. <laughs> it's good. It's going to bleep in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that yeah. was what he said. So like Marvin Harrison was that for like the Western Kentucky coach was like, all right, what are we doing here? And like, okay, first of all, his father is one of the greatest receivers of all right. time. I, for, I don't know no. if we remember that. My, my dad sells insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Two. <laughs> he is so much a better athlete than me that I can't even describe it. And I'm trying really hard and I'm about to cry. Right. That's what I would say. That's my favorite thing. Somebody <laughs> said, I think it was Dragonfly Jones on Twitter. Is like the favorite, my favorite thing about college football is that like most of the matchups are even, but sometimes you get the matchup where it's a future all pro versus an insurance adjuster. Yeah. And that's where the magic really happens. Yeah. And that's why college football is awesome. Exactly. Absolutely. That, that is, happened in Western Kentucky. Yeah, exactly. You've got a guy who's a, like a darn good athlete, was the best athlete in his, in high, his school. high school. Yeah. The best athlete in his high school. Everybody's like, oh, man, look at old Timmy. He yeah. is great. And then Timmy goes up against Marvin Harrison Jr., and then he realizes that like maybe my future is not in sports anymore. That Some is, of us go pro in things other than sports. <laughs> yes, which is why Enterprise Rent-A-Car is there right. for you. They give you the power oh <laughs> to be your own boss. <laughs> That's what they do. And uh, not get blown out yeah. by Marvin Harrison Jr. Exactly. When we come back, the Pac-12, as deep a quarterback league as maybe we have ever seen yep. this year. This is the Triple Option, 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. 
Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra-scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Almost the full crew in here today. Owen's not here today. Uh, he's got exams this week, but intern Owen, uh, who I, I feel like needs a different nickname, but I haven't I haven't landed on one yet. Intern Owen is the best that we've come up with. I mean, right now he's at, like it's placeholder. Oh, but he's got to maybe do something to where I give him a nickname based on that act. Just call him Wow, like you know Owen will. Wow, <laughs> I don't know if he's you know. Yeah, I don't know if we, we're there, but uh, Levi's here, Garrett's here, Jack McKenzie producing, uh, and I, I teased in the last segment, Royden, this is like, I talked about it yesterday on the show about how it's very depressing that the Pac-12, um, especially if you're a Pac-12 fan, is as good as it was ever going to be in the last year of its existence. Like, this is the best that it may, like, in the years of the Pac-12, to have this many teams with this many good players and this exciting mm. might be the most exciting and best and deepest it has been in the history of being the pack, whatever number was behind. And then there's Stanford. Uh, yeah, yeah. But like they have such a good thing. Like this can rival, this one year can rival some, some of the good years, maybe with the SEC, with the talent that we're seeing coming out of the Pac 12 right now. And yeah. You know, look, Caleb, like, and I'll just hone in on the quarterbacks because it's easier to talk about uh, as opposed to, like, going out on all the skill position guys, too, but, and the everybody else. But when you've got a, a conference that it alone has Caleb Williams, Bo Nix, Cam Rising, who hasn't even played yet, Shadur Sanders, DJ Uyangalale, Cameron Ward, even though he's injured, I'm going to say Jaden Rashada, the like one of the the you know most anticipated prospects in the country at Arizona State coming up. Even though he's he's not playing right now, uh, and uh, DJ Moore, the number one quarterback prospect in the country from last year. So two of the top five quarterbacks in the country are as true freshmen are starting in your league and exciting. And I've named eight schools. And I've left out, you know, Stanford and Cal, obviously. And who have I? Who have I? Did you say Penix from oh, uh, Michael? Like, I'm sorry. My my apologies to the guy who may have played better than all of them so far to this point in the season. Leading passer and, in the country. Yeah, Michael Penix Jr. at Washington. Um, so, you know, Jane Delora's an okay player at, at at Arizona. I know that Plays they like him over a little bit. Yeah, but like you were talking about a really, really amazingly deep league. Two of the top pass, the two top passers for yards in the country are Michael Penix and Shador Sanders. Yeah, um, it's awesome, man. It's 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 like it's like how the Big Twelve used to be, like how mm -hmm. they used to talk about the Big Twelve mm -hmm. with 
RG3 and, uh, well, now he's, I'm sorry, he's playing for the, for Seattle. Uh, Geno Smith. Geno Smith, sorry. And how they used to throw the ball all around. Mm-hmm. That is now transitioned out to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, why all of the awesome quarterbacks seem to be in that conference, I guess maybe people want to live in California, actually. But I think it's so weird. It's like it would it would be like, yeah, if like the Roman Empire was like the very best it's ever been right before it collapsed. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good look, look. The the reason the Roman Empire collapsed was because Caesar wasn't there anymore, right? right? It was long past him. Here, this is somehow it you broke it before the best year. Yeah. And it is such a weird thing, but they've got you know, and it's weird because of the the way that the, everything's changed in college football. You know, most of the schools, in like all those guys I've listed, are transfers for the most part. Right. You know, Cam Rising transfer from Texas. Um, you know, DJU transfer from Clemson. Bo Nix transfer from Auburn because even though he's a Nix and a legacy at Auburn, left. You know, like wanted to go somewhere where he could. You know, actually play quarterback. Yeah, learn like you know, follow a, a coordinator because it was chaotic for him at Auburn. You know, Caleb Williams followed Lincoln Riley um, from Oklahoma. They 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 were a package deal. The scary thing about the the Caleb Williams thing is that like they haven't really even un- unleashed him this year yeah. that much, and he still has like twelve touchdowns, only only like eight hundred yards. It's going to be something when they when they fully have to like be in a game and and be engaged. In what he's going to be able to like the stats that he's going to be able to put up. Yeah, I think for him it's a lot of like uh, I, I, everybody. I'm going to the NFL in like two weeks, yeah. so yeah, whatever. But Can't, yeah, I forgot to say Cam Ward's from Incarnate Word, right? You know, so like all these things happen. All they have these new coaches that all all kind of came at once in the Pac-12. You know. Dion, Lincoln Riley, Dan Lanning, you know, Jake Dykert, uh, and Nick Rolovich was still kind of the new coach there anyway, but mm-hmm. Jake Dykert, you know, all, all the coaches seemingly are, are, are fairly new coaches um, throughout the league, save for Kyle Whittingham, you know, but Kyle Whittingham, even as old and grizzled as he was, is, is still has embraced the transfer portal, went and got, look, two of his best players – our transfers from Texas and Jaquin and Jackson, who's played through being banged up all year, and Cam Rising, mm-hmm. who, ironically enough, if you think back to how good Cam Rising has been at Utah and what Texas has been lacking over the years, Cam Rising was kind of exactly what they needed. A guy that just a, a game man. Well, no, he's not. He's more no. than a game manager. That feels reductive, but like somebody to push the ball down the field a and little just bit. Just a gritty leader, yeah. no-nonsense kind of a dude, right? Right. Um, which I think they, they – if they would have had that guy – All of a sudden, he's been at Utah for like five years, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. So um, I'm surprised he and Herman didn't work because of the way he plays. Yeah. But, you know, Sam Ellinger was the best Herman quarterback that you could possibly imagine because he can take the punishment of – I only know one play, and it's quarterback. That's Tom Herman's <laughs> offense. Like, run football left, run football right. Um, and B. John Robinson's like, hey, um, you know I'm here, right? And he's like, you know what? 
you wait your turn. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down. You'll get like 10 carries with have Atlanta. You, have you seen the big dumb galoot we've got playing quarterback? And I say that with love because I, I really – Sam Ellinger's a really great guy. But, like, you seen this guy? He's a tank. <laughs> Aren't you having fun doing this? Like, I mean, yeah, I guess, but, like – I could help. <laughs> I'm really, really good. I don't know if you if you remember that. I mean, you 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 brought me here. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like it is kind of like watching the Atlanta offense for in the NFL where Arthur Smith just doesn't use his best players. Well, he's <laughs> trying. Like I I will give this. He's got like a lot of good young talent on that team. Yeah. And he's trying to figure out how to spread it around. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But um, but yeah, they they're all they all these people have migrated west like the Oregon trail, <laughs> you know, and the gold rush, whatever you want to say right. uh, over there in the transfer portal, the gold rush is probably more apropos. As long as it's not the Donner party. We'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's that might be, that might be Stanford and Cal, <laughs> but you get it. Like they're yeah. just, you know, over there and it is exciting and depressing all at once to see this. And look, George Klyovkov wasn't wrong, clearly, when he said Deion Sanders is going to help the ratings, um, helping the long-term TV contract, probably not the same thing because they were never going to say, like, oh, well, yeah, sure, Deion Sanders is going to help the ratings for while he's in this conference, but the, based on the way that coaching works, not even Deion Sanders. I'm not saying about Deion. I actually think Deion's going to stay at Colorado a little bit because – You do? I, I do because I think he wants to prove something. I think he wants to prove something because if Dion makes Colorado in here or I can make this, if Dion makes work. Colorado good and then leaves after a year or so, then going to a place that like may already be set up to go, then people will continue to kind of doubt him. And I think he's very much big on, Oh, I'll prove you wrong. Yeah. Like I'm going to take a, a legacy. I think a legacy is a big thing about I, it. Look, in three games already, he's taken a team that was 1-11 last year and made them the most expensive football ticket in America. So right, made it a party, man. It's yeah. awesome. Um, so, but I do think, like, it's so he was right, but they've got so many good things working for them now, and now they're just going to get feasted on by three other leagues. I don't even know what I, what I would compare it to because the Big 12 was obviously, like, the – it felt like it was in a really good place when it dis when it was going to disband like the first time mm -hmm. and they had just come out of having all of these awesome quarterbacks especially at o Oklahoma and Texas and having these high flying record setting offenses and things like that and then all of a sudden you know it transferred to Baylor and so on and so TCU I, I guess you could compare it kind of to that, like with like when you had Colt McCoy and Sam Bradford and all these things in, in the same place. I just don't know what else to compare it to when all these teams are good. All these teams are worth the price of admission. Yeah. All these teams are like, if you turn on the TV, you're going to be entertained yeah. every single time. There was no reason, like I was saying last segment, there was no reason that I should have been entertained by Colorado, Colorado State for that long but i was and it's because people are flying all over the field yeah and they're throwing bombs and like it's just in haymakers and it's and it's fun football to watch but i don't even i don't even know what i would compare i haven't seen anything like it in my 25 years of watching football to to necessarily compare it to like when the like i don't know the usfl like disbanded for the first time or something yeah, I don't like know. that it's, like, it is and look they um I do think, like, if you want to see why the SEC is down a little bit, 
just look west and see that like there's a lot of guys who are in that league that went, you know, and transferred out of it. So is it like the NFL where there's only like a certain amount of quarterbacks that are actually good? Because I don't well, yeah, think I mean, that's it's the not same a, case with college football. Well, college is a little it's a little bit easier to succeed when you don't have, you know, uh Patrick Mahomes, right? Right. So And sometimes you can't succeed with Patrick yeah, Mahomes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So but because you can build so many other things around it. Nick Saban proved it before he started getting the guys who were like the A plus plus guys. He mm-hmm. had, you know, those guys who could who could drive the bus really well. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there have been other guys who have elevated their teams to enough that like couldn't really like Matthew Stafford at Georgia elevated that team for sure and they were good around him. But well the Georgia the- got really good when like you know, okay, Stetson Bennett was a, you know, like a, a true kind of underdog story, but everybody around Stetson Bennett was was just electric. So well, the zenith of it is Joe Burrow at LSU, yeah. obviously. Like, that's the, to, for my money, probably the first or second best team in college football history. Definitely, like, second to Miami. Yeah, probably. And look, here's the thing. The worst player on that team? Quarterback. Was Ken Dorsey. Yeah. Who, if you see him, he's the Bills' offensive coordinator now, and if you – if you look in there and you see Ken Dorsey, at no point would you look like, oh, that guy was the quarterback of the greatest college football team ever. You would never say it. You would say that guy could have been a dentist. But <laughs> but yeah, that that but yeah, so it's a little bit different. The best car salesman in Miami Day that you've ever seen. Yeah. Come down to Ken Dorsey Motors. I, yeah, but. I think that um yeah, it is it is interesting to see when these big time programs get a guy that's just truly unbelievable and and it it baffles it it's baffling to me that you wouldn't it's simple to say always get go get the best quarterback yeah. like why don't you why don't you just go get the the, the good quarterback why don't you do that well, there's not it's not a you know, look and to get the guys who are really plus guys who are who are life-changing dudes is tough yeah you know caleb williams loved lincoln riley and was going to go wherever lincoln riley went like i wonder if lincoln riley was just the you know was the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma and then left to go be the, yeah. you know, head coach at a place that's far down USC. Like he went to Memphis because that was his first right. head coaching opportunity. Caleb Williams just liked him so much. Would he have gone there? But um, I don't I, know. I, but, think, I think branding and things has, has to do a lot with it. I do think that we're going to see, and we talked about it incessantly last week, but I think like, the the move is probably going to be all right we need some dudes that just know how to play football already mm-hmm. yeah like like can we just get a dude in here that's like played football for 3 or 4 years that we know yeah. is good absolutely uh like we're seeing in Notre Dame currently yeah and i think that's probably going to be the move and i think it's really worked out for Washington especially cuz Penix was good last year but everybody's going to try to do both like if we can get somebody who's good for a year or two while this you know raw cookie dough Bakes a little Bakes bit, a little yeah. bit, then we can we can win and see how it how it works out. Sometimes that'll backfire on you and the kid'll leave. This is why everybody tries to sign a quarterback in every class because they know they're gonna lose one. You, you you have to take a quarterback every class. That's just you used to you didn't have to. No, you used to not yeah, and you, you used to redshirt people and yada yada yada. If you have somebody like Caleb Williams, he has to start right away anyway. And they're gonna uh, And he and he didn't. No, and he didn't. He had, he had to be a hero against Texas. I I just I don't turn know the whole university against Spencer Rattler. I, I don't necessarily know what the what the answer is 
truly because yeah if you have the talent already say like you're in a position like utah is you need a person like cam rising to like i said raise the floor raise the ceiling of what that team is supposed mm -hmm. to be already and you have the talent around that you could oh we can mess around and like get somewhere mm -hmm. if we have a true leader those guys that they have right now are not ready to play yeah you could see as much against baylor now baylor spit the bit and let them make plays against them anyway you have a team like washington who has all this like high-flying talent around it having a guy like michael Penix jr to like facilitate that is only going to raise the ceiling of that team i don't know what the answer is as far as then bringing in the next guy is you know, my my yeah, kind of concern absolutely. there uh, let me ask USC, you yeah, it ha doesn't have that much of a problem because they're like, let's just go get the other five-star well, quarterback. Well, they have Malachi Nelson yeah. is probably going to start for them next year. So yeah, yeah, so let's but. just go get the other five-star quarterback and not worry about it. I think he's – like if this guy keeps getting the number round, one round – or number one overall pick are my, are my quarterbacks, mm -hmm. says Lincoln Riley. There was a better way to phrase that that I didn't uh, yeah. say. But all my quarterbacks that come here are number one overall picks. So you more people are willing to wait yeah. for Lincoln Riley. All these other schools, I don't know – what yeah. the answer is exactly well yeah they're gonna have to just find it when they do and all right let me ask you this last question the pac-12 either has a chance to get two teams in the playoff this year in my opinion because they have a lot of really good teams or they have a chance to beat each other up enough <laughs> to where they wind up out of it and they're like well damn it <laughs> this was a really good year and this is why you have a 12-team playoff what what is more likely to happen yeah I'll believe that two SEC teams won't get into the... Okay, so who's the second SEC team today? Today? Today, the second SEC team getting in. Ugh. Also bad. Uh, I guess Ole Miss, like, I don't know. Okay. Uh, like, uh, yeah. No, so yeah, it's Georgia. It's actually right now sitting more likely that two ACC teams would get in than two SEC teams. I think the more likely thing to happen is that these teams, like we've seen over the Big 12, too, are going to cannibalize each other because, mm -hmm. like, there's so much parity with how good these offenses are that somebody's going to yeah, get got down the road. Like, Washington State could beat USC or whatever. And I think that's more likely to happen than Look, two teams and, like run the and, table. And this is like Colorado. Like, I already thought this might happen anyway. And now Colorado's thrown a, a thicker wrench in this machine, right? You know, right. Uh, in that, because they are, they're not good on defense yet. And mm -hmm. they, they probably wouldn't even tell you that they are. Um, they're, they make stops when they need to, right? Uh, but, but we've seen those teams throw a wrench in things. Well, yeah. So, like, right that now, they can score 65 points. Yeah. They can score with anybody. Yeah. So, if you can't stop them, and you have to get in, you know, if you're starting to put up basketball scores, then then it's anybody's game. All right, when we come back, Lane Kiffin mind games. Will they this. work? Probably not, but we'll see. This is the triple option on 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. 
our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Mind games in the SEC with Ole Miss and Bama and Lane Kiffin, who, I mean, look, this guy, I've got like, I've gone through phases of not liking him and then liking him. And then, you know, he's very frank about NIL and the transfer portal. Like, not that he's against it, but he's, he's very like, look. This is the world we live in right now. Right. And until you make rules that are going to, like, regulate these things, they're going to keep happening. I'm going to keep answering these same questions over and over and over again. And you're like, how do I feel about it? I'm like, well, it's here. Like, yeah. do I like that it, it, you know, it puts certain teams at disadvantage? No. But am I going to use it? Yes. Like, you know, he's the portal king. And then he'll say, like, you know, he'll take shots about A&M spending all the money on their roster and then pretend like he's not. You know, like, and maybe they're, they don't have as much, but, like, Dude, I've like you ever been to like Ole Miss and seen the old? Oh, I I mean, it was, other, it was the only others in this. You're probably looking at me and you go, "This tracks." Like yeah. it was the only other school that I actually applied to uh, and yeah. got into. And I was just like, I applied to two schools and I got into, and I was like, I, I guess I'll choose between one of these two. Wow. And we went into Ole Miss, and I was like, Oh, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, yeah, I get it. Like, yeah. So, but like, yes, I mean, they're not as big a school, obviously, as A&M and, you know, Mississippi's not as big a state as Texas. So, again, I get what he's saying, but to pretend like, oh, I am poor. Like they, <laughs> tell me I'm poor. Like, yeah. yeah, like they aren't out there having, like their tailgates aren't like debutante balls. Yeah. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. Like that, that, that to me was the weird thing. Like you say those things like, oh, look, they've got all this money and look at me. I'm, I'm here shopping at Dollar Tree, you know, right. I'm like, okay, buddy. Like that's, let's not, let's not go that far. He does the thing on Twitter. He does the thing. And it would be different if he was just like. A, ne- a normal everyday troll on Twitter like the rest of us. But he does the thing is like, you know when you get in an argument with somebody on Twitter and they like just either delete the tweet or just straight up be like, oh, it's not what I said. Yeah. He does that, but like in real life. Yes. Yeah. And I kind of, I kind of think it's kind of awesome. Yeah. I didn't, like I don't have any rhyme or reason to it and I don't think he does either. Yeah. But it's, just, it's, it's somebody who's a great football mind and a great – for all intents and purposes, a pretty good football coach now that he kind of figured oh, it out. And we haven't even said what he's done yet. Right, but go ahead. I'm, the, I'm the, yeah, the, this week, he's commenting that he thinks Alabama's defensive backs coach is calling the defensive plays and not Kevin Steele. And then Nick Saban's had to say, no, Kevin Steele's still the defensive coordinator. And Lane Kiffin knows the inner workings because he was in the Coach Saban rehabilitation program school of coaches that want to learn how to coach good again and do stuff good also. Yeah. Like he was in, he was absolutely in that he was, he was in that school. He's one of the most successful versions of it. Yeah. Guys who've come out of it. Him and Bill O'Brien, baby. Yeah. Um, you know, like 
Sark's about to be the most successful one. Right. And there's two, there's two versions. There's the guys who have crashed and burned and then come back to Nick Saban. And then there's the guys he brought up, like Jimbo Fisher won a national championship, Kirby Smarts won two national championships, and, and, and those guys that were just his assistants that, that grew up through the ranks. Yeah. But then there's like the, you know, like Jimbo could wind up back in it, no, you know, again, uh, if he doesn't get it right, broke. Yeah, <laughs> but I got but, more money than you. I don't need this. But uh, Kiffin, you know, said these things, and these are little mind games. And I'm wondering if he's doing them because he is probably supremely confident based on what he's seen out of Alabama the last two weeks. Now they beat USF, but like they they got two almost accidental touchdowns. That led what them to the win that game. It wasn't good, was it? It was like it was seventeen to three. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, Ugh. yeah. I mean, or six, whatever look, it was. But yeah, Ole Miss had a had a bigger struggle with Tulane, who was actually good, and I really love that program. Than I think they want care to admit. Yeah. Um, I'll believe Ole Miss can get over the hump when they actually do. Yeah. That being said. This is the funniest thing that, that a coach can do. It's just like, just like, I don't believe their defensive coordinator is calling the plays. What? What does that mean? Yeah. And then doubling down on it, too. They asked him yesterday. He's like, what did you mean by that? He's like, oh, well, I've j- just what I've seen. Yeah. What have you seen? Yeah. And just, what I, just what I've seen. Yeah. He doesn't have to elaborate on it any further. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> just yeah. Like, no, and he's, and he's people, great And it. I guarantee you, Alabama fans hate it. Yeah. He's great at it. And look, look he's got... You know, Quinshawn Judkins, who's a beast at running back. He's got good wide receivers. He's got his quarterback depth is better than Alabama's right now. Like and those Ole Miss teams and Lane Kiffin teams are going to put up offense. Yeah. So, I just – I don't even know what to make of it. I have a, I had a take that I told you before the podcast – or the podcast, the show, that I, I kind of think that Lane Kiffin didn't ever want to be a football coach yeah. is what I was saying – that like his dad was like an all-time foot defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and so he kind of just fell into being a coach. You've heard the story with David Carr, where he like he just didn't come to practice one day, and then all of a sudden he was the wide receivers coach at Fred uh, Fresno State. <laughs> and David Carr showed up, and he stopped coming to practice basically. Yeah, and so now he's just he was just a wide receiver, and that's how his coaching career started because yeah. Monty Kiffin made a call. Yeah, but I. <laughs> I've always said it's like people that don't want to be famous, but then all of a sudden are thrust into the spotlight. He just wanted to be a, tr- uh, this isn't true, but he just wanted to be a Twitter troll like the rest of like, us. Like the Olsen twins? Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to do it anymore. I just want to like make clothes. Yeah. And yeah, but now all of a sudden he stumbled into being, I compared it to like Anthony Rendon doesn't like playing baseball is yeah. what I said. Like, does he actually, does he actually want to do that? Or does he want to like be on his phone like the rest of us? I don't know. There, there might be. I too he like is, to be in my phone on a football Saturday. He's he's very peculiar guy, and some days I'm like, man, this guy cracks me up. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, like that's how it is. But it'll be interesting to see because I don't think Saban feeds off the bulletin board material like Dion would. No, but like to see him even trying to like tweak Saban a little bit because nobody does it. Yeah, either. Like I mean, maybe like. Jimbo, Jimbo did, and then like had to spend the whole summer explaining like yeah. a way of what was going on. You know, yeah, it's like it's like it's like taking a shot at the Godfather. Obviously, like you better not miss. But like yeah. Lane Kiffin, it doesn't bother. It is like just 
it's water off a duck's back to him. Like, yeah. He just does not, it do, he does not care about it. Like, cause then the reporters will ask him follow up questions. And like I said, he just says, uh, it's just what I've seen. Yeah. And it doesn't matter to him. Jimbo Fisher calls him out and then he has to spend all this time. And maybe that's the age gap thing. I don't know what it yeah, is, but like, People don't take shots at Nick Saban. So it is funny to see them try to do it. Like Kirby Smart maybe will like get his team to eat the trash a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, he's the only one that's really yeah, like, Kirby, I don't know, I don't care. Kirby, Kirby Smart to me, I think clockwork orange to those guys. Like honestly, because you know, his deal was, oh, nobody thought that we could do this. Like who whole, who who was nobody? Like like everybody thought you could. Everybody. It's my and favorite. then you you completely flipped on his ear. So that's my favorite thing in, in all of it, you can you can do it in college sports more than than pro sports, but it, it is like man, nobody believed in the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, like Travis what? Kelsey. I think people took him as a saying that last year, but his thing was like, oh no, y'all don't want us to. We're just going to fuel us more. Yeah, like you're going to talk trash to do something. Yeah, versus no, no. we don't think that you can actually do it. No, are not the same thing. No. Yeah. Or not the same thing. No, but and, yeah. But yeah, the Georgia is somehow manifested that like they don't oh, want us. Oh, it is. Yeah, it, it, nobody believed in us. Yeah, no. Nobody believed in these five-star prospects. No, everybody believes. It was just, you know. I mean, what do you make of like, of trolling and do you think there should be more of it? Oh, I, like, I, look, I, we've talked about two different instances in two weeks with uh, Jay Norvell and Deion Sanders, which almost worked out really well for Jay Norvell. Right. Um, and with Deion, he is going to play that game a little bit where one time he's got to pick something and it doesn't something work. Something that you said, yeah, it doesn't work, you know, because it's not, you're not talking about, a, a, you know, a, a foolproof plan here. I like it. I, I like when coaches look, I uh, just growing up as a college student, when I was at FSU, um, we had Bobby Bowden, who was Mr. All shucks and everybody loves me. And then Steve Spurrier across the way was kind of like Lane Kiffin in that, you know, there were certain lines he wouldn't cross that Lane Kiffin does not care about, but Steve Spurrier didn't have Twitter. So, uh, but Steve Spurrier would tweet, he would tweak Bobby. He would look, Steve Spurrier would say things like free shoes university when his guys also got in trouble for the same kind of thing. But yeah. like, there was those deals that like, and somebody would be like, well, didn't you like, ah, you know, I'm only fun. And you know, like right. that's kind of how he was. So I like that stuff. I think there was, it's like when I was a, a college student and you're just like full of like piss and vinegar, right? right? You're like, Oh, I hate him. He's such a jerk. And now I miss it. Right. Like now I miss like, what are Mike Norvell and Billy Napier going to say to each other? Nothing. Like, Not really. nothing. And I like both those guys. Like, you know, what are Mike Norvell and Mario Cristobal going to say to each other? But, man, think, like, there there could be some spice. There could be some. So, you know, the whole everybody versus Dion thing, I'm here for it. Anybody wants to tweak Nick Saban, here for it. I crack up when Jimbo, especially when Jimbo tries to talk mess. You're like, oh, buddy, you know. You're not good at this. You're not good. Like, sometimes, and you say, like, Jimbo said things that were probably true because he like he was on that staff and knows. Right. But like sometimes you don't say the true thing, you say like the almost true thing. Yeah. Just to just to make him react. That's where Jimbo reacted to something that he knew Nick Saban was doing. And instead of going, look, man, it's legal. Shut mm -hmm. up. Like I'm not nothing I'm doing is against the rules. Why am I trying to I don't have to explain myself to you. Nick Saban was trying to make sure that his guys kept giving money. 
So that's all he was doing. It was talking to a room full of people who loved him, who wanted to give him money, and he was telling them why you should give me more than you'd plan. Like, you walked in thinking you were going to give me 100000 I'm going to convince you to give me 250 because I'm going to create some panic in you. That's the thing. I don't and know. I'm, I'm here for it all. more tithe than they ever have. I just I, – I think that we're a little – like, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds and we're running out of time, but, like, I think we're a little Twitter poisoned by, like, if somebody yes. says something – it is all of a sudden the biggest slight that has no, ever been yeah, slight. Not, and yeah, it's like totally. to these coaches, I think kind of see on the outside of it where it's like, I'm just giving a little spice like to it. Mm -hmm. And it isn't as big of a deal as mm -hmm. people online think that it is. Yeah. To them, I yeah. think in those coaching circles. Absolutely. All right. We are done. Thank you to Royden. We'll see Aww. you next week. Uh, also got to promote next week. Jack and I, We'll be in Orlando Thursday and Friday. I'll be there Friday. You're going to be there Friday? I will be there well, Friday. Well, come, come hang out with us. All right. We're going to be at Bounce House Social on Friday. So come hang out. All right. Tell, tell Josh you have to. I have to. You have, you have it's to. in the contract. Well, look, you can come, like, come film. There's going to be stuff <laughs> there. Come on out. We'll be at Bounce House Social on Friday. We'll be at Burger U on Thursday in Orlando. Uh, thanks to Ingenuity Air, Meridian Capital Homes uh, for that. So uh, that's coming up next week. Super excited about the first triple option, 365 sports. Um, this is our first road trip without everybody. Like we are, this is, this is us. So, uh oh, yeah, we, I mean, I don't know if you can trust us. I haven't so far. I don't know. I just show up. You've seen me on the road. I'm not to be <laughs> trusted. All right. That's going to do it for us. Main show at 365 Sports at 3 o'clock. See you then, everybody. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster.